0: Can you guys hear me? Oh, whoa, nice. Oh, I found a new fun game. It's trying to move everything without breaking hundreds of dollars of equipment. It's a fun one. I guess that could be my parting gift, right, Sean? (laughs) Repairs. (laughs) Oh, good morning, everyone. Good morning, X-Man. Thanks, Scott. I still want you to pump up every event I do. You should have seen him on Wednesday. He was like, he was talking about the night of champions that happened last night. And like, I wanted, I was like, I want to go now. And like, I can't because my mom's here. <laughs> also, my mom's here. So <laughs> if you haven't gotten the chance to meet her, she's, she's the one I've told you only good stories about. So don't like, you know, if there are any other stories that's from the enemy, you didn't hear them. <laughs> they are only good stories. No, <laughs> I love my mom. It's also very weird to me that like I'm preaching in front of her right now because I haven't actually done that. Um, so that's kind of cool. Uh, I also made sure all of my stories don't relate to her at this moment. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because it, all it takes is one slip. <laughs> uh, and I don't know, like my mom gives the best stare of like When you're in trouble, it's the best and the worst. It's like, it made me rethink my entire life. Like I'm admitting to things I haven't done yet. Like, I'm just like, I'm sorry. (laughs) I apologize. Uh, But anyways, um, (laughs) so I, over the last while, have been um, really reflecting on my time here at Trinity Alliance. Um, It's been a weird process because like, I've known I haven't, I'm going to be leaving soon for like eight months now. And that was like always a weird, like one foot's out of the door, one foot's in the door. And I'm like trying to figure out like, okay, do I lean in more here? Do I lean more out? Like, what do I do? And it just kind of made everything weird. Um, But it's been a really cool time actually of God kind of helping me learn more about himself and also more about me. Um, and it's been a really cool process because there have been so many things that have come out of here that have been really good and that I have loved. And I've really loved being a part of this community. Like, it's been so fun and I have enjoyed it. Um, so many of you guys have poured into my life in so many different ways. And um, just like, I, don't, I like, don't think that there was really a better place for me to begin. Um, it has been an honor and a privilege for me to be a part of your guys' lives, um, in the three years that I've been here, almost three years, but it's been amazing. Um, God has grown in me in so many new ways and in ways that he's actually like taught me since the beginning of my journey in ministry, um, and my faith in him. It's been really cool, like to learn new things, but also see the old things kind of be almost restated or reapplied to a new situation. Um, And I want to talk about that with you guys this morning, because there are three main passages of scripture that I have really like held on to basically since I became a Christian. And it's been really cool to see what those passages have meant to me at different points in my life. Um, And I, to tell you guys like about these passages, I kind of have to tell you guys a little bit of my story as a pastor and my journey of being one. So after. I got my call as a junior in high school to be in ministry. Um, I became a middle school youth leader for my youth group at home. And that was a interesting time. (laughs) That role was my first taste of what ministry to the youth looked like. And it was really hard. Um, There were a lot of fun parts to being a middle school leader. uh, Because, you know, you say a lot of statements. You do, you like have to say a lot of stuff that you didn't expect to say. And I, I say that a lot when I talk to you guys about like ministry with youth, but there's really like, there's no prep for some of the things you have to say. Like, why are you handstanding on that bar table? Like, what are you doing? Why are you trying to do a flip off of the roof? I don't, you turn around for three seconds and it's like toddlers, you know, like, <laughs> like, except these toddlers can go to a lot more places, (laughs) like keep your eye or take your eye off of Daniel for like three seconds and then see what happens. Um, Anyways, but the hardest part I had about like junior high ministry was actually figuring out how to share Jesus to them. Like, how do you talk about Jesus? Because when I first started, uh, my thought was, okay, well, the best way to talk about Jesus is to talk to them theologically, and try to like explain who Jesus is, what was the crucifixion, what does it mean to go through redemption, how are we sanctified, all these things, right, I barely understood them, but I was like, let me teach them, <laughs> and those conversations went as be- about as well as you could think, um, it was amazing, it was like that look of like, can I go play dodgeball now? <laughs> yes, you can, and I'm going to rethink my life now. (laughs) And I really thought like sharing the gospel to kids and sharing the gospel to people was just talking directly about Jesus, right? Like just trying to explain to them who he is and why he's significant to them and why he matters. And it's good stuff, don't get me wrong. But I also realized that that never really stuck with the audience I was with. Like, it never really, like, I tried in our small groups, like, our small groups were just basically us, like, talking about Jesus and that. And they were just like, I can burp my ABCs. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> good for you. I, I love it. I love it. And I, like, was trying so hard to do this thing that, like, I didn't know... Like, fully how to do, but I was trying so hard to do it. And I realized that something was missing um, from how I was doing ministry, because those theological conversations were not the number one thing on students' list to do. Um, it wasn't until my youth pastor, actually, as like a leader meeting, shared um, his heart with us for ministry. He shared what, uh, sharing the gospel was for him. Like, what did it mean? And he made us read a very long passage of scripture, but a very good one. And I want us all to read it to you. Well, I'm going to read it to you guys, um, like he did for me. So if you want to look it up, it is first Thessalonians two, three through 12, which I remember as one, two, three, one, two, which is very easy. Um, so the, it says, For the appeal we make does not spring from error or impure motives, nor are we trying to trick you. On the contrary, we speak as those approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel. We are not trying to please people, but God who tests our hearts. You know we never used flattery, nor did we put on a mask to cover up greed. God is our witness. We were not looking for praise from people, not from you or anyone else, even though as apostles of Christ, we could have asserted our authority. Instead, we were like young children among you, just as a nursing mother cares for her children, so we cared for you. Because we loved you so much, we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. Surely you, you remember, brothers and sisters, our toil and hardship. We work night and day in order to not be a burden to anyone while we preach the gospel of God to you. We are witnesses, and so is God, of how uh, holy, righteous, and blameless we were among you who believed. For you know that we dealt with each of you as a father deals with his own children, encouraging and comforting and urging you to live lives worthy of God who calls you into his kingdom and glory. I remember when I when I when that was read to me, I was like, oh my gosh, like that is such like such good stuff. And I love this passage because Paul shows us how to share the gospel with others. And I have tried applying these words to my ministry every step of the way, ever since being a middle school leader or high school leader at that point. After reading this um, passage with my youth pastor and the other leaders at the time, I realized that like the gospel, sharing the gospel was so much more than just like telling people about Jesus, right? Like that Paul even says in there that it's sharing life. It's not just sharing who he is, but sharing life with one another. And that was crazy to me. I was like, oh, wow, that's what, my leaders did for me. Like, that's what my youth pastor did for me. Like, he wasn't just preaching the gospel to me, he was living it with me. And that was incredible. And it was like we, this one moment where it like, kind of like clicked together, right? Like, everything was starting to make sense. And I was like, whoa, so I'm doing it completely wrong. <laughs> Not completely wrong. Um, but it was just amazing to see Like, it was like this one weird moment where, like, I remember sitting in my house and just thinking about, like, oh, so when he asked me how I was doing, or when he went out of his way to get Doritos Locos Tacos with me, um, and, like, when he would, like, show up to my games and stuff like that, like, all of that was not just sharing the gospel, but sharing life. And that was amazing. And there have been so many other people who have done that in my life as well. And it was weird that like it finally clicked that they were all doing that same thing, that they were sharing their lives as well. Because not only did they care about me hearing the gospel, but they cared about me. Paul also explains that as pe- we as people entrusted with the gospel must do whatever it takes to share that message with others. And when we share it, it's not to share for ourselves and to make us feel important or feel good or because we want to be the one who does it. Um, it, We're doing it for God and for him only. I love how Paul talks about like not using flattery, not using these big words, not using like these things to like make it so everyone's serving us when we share life and share the gospel with each other, but that we're actually doing whatever we can to make it not a burden to them so then they can just focus on the gospel, that they can focus on, what we're doing and how we're, how we're showing Jesus to them. And that is a really big point or a really big, like thing that I held onto. Um, another thing in there is that we aren't trying to sell Jesus to others, but just to show him who, or show them who he is and what he has done for us. So, um, I remember, it was funny, I was like thinking about like what could I talk about in this time? And uh, I, like this one memory, this funny memory came into my head and my mom and I were at home, right? And we were just hanging out and then um, this knock on our door happens. And I was like, I don't know who, no one knocks on our front door, they usually tell us like they're coming. (laughs) Or, yeah, but anyways, um, so it was this guy and he's like, hey, I'm selling vacuums. And I was like, (laughs) That's cool, we have a vacuum, like, the, okay. And then he starts, like, telling us about this vacuum, right? And I was like, man, I, like, the vacuum he was describing, I was like, I feel like this vacuum can cleanse my sins, just like how clean it makes things. Like, he was, so I was like, I was, I was a teenager at the time, and I was like, I want to spend all my money on this vacuum. Like, I want to buy a vacuum for my mom, I want to buy one for my aunt, I want to buy one for my uncle, for my grandpa. I was like, I want to buy one for every person I know. <laughs> And I was like this vacuum's amazing and my mom's just happy that this dude is literally cleaning our house for free. <laughs> it was it was funny. He was like, "Look how clean it makes it." And he's vacuuming and my mom's like, "Oh, that's so good. What does it look like over there?" <laughs> And I was like, you know, that, that's fair. And I'm like, mom, we have to buy this vacuum. And we had like a Dyson one, right? And he's like, yeah, Dysons. we referred to as the biz- in the business as Dyson. And I was like, oh my gosh. And I was so like completely sold on it. Like I, I, I was, yeah. But the reason I think of that is because it made me realize, like, sometimes we think that when we talk about Jesus, we have to sell him. Like, we have to, like, put all these fancy bows on Jesus and, like, put him in a nice suit and, like, put, like, he has to be really clean and well-shaven and, like, all this stuff, right? And we have to make him, like, look appeasing to everyone else. We have to tell them all the good stuff and everything like that. And then, then... They will want to talk to Jesus. They will want him to be in their lives, right? And I realized in that moment, sometimes we try to be like that vacuum salesman, like, but Jesus doesn't need that. Jesus doesn't need us to sell him. We just get to tell people who he is. He doesn't need us at all for that. Like he could do it on his own, but he lets us be a part of that process. He invites us into that relationship with him so we can share that with others. And it was really like, that's been hard for me because I've always tried to figure out like, well, what's the step of sharing the gospel? Like, how do I do this? And we don't really need fancy words or even a complete understanding of who God is before we tell others about him and share life with them. We just need to be faithful wherever he puts us. So my youth pastor lived out that Thessalonians first that passage. Um, And I really admired him for it. And now, being a pastor, I admire him more, because I realize how hard it is. Like, it's hard to do all these different things when you have your own life going on, and you're trying to share life with others, and you have your own stresses and your own anxieties, your own insecurities, and then you're trying to share, like, your whole self with other people, too. And I love that he taught me the words, but he showed me what they meant in action as well. And he did that in my life, and I saw him do it for others too. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I have seen a lot of people in my life who have lived out, who have shown Christ living through them. Um, And I want that to be true for me. And I believe that the first Thessalonians passage is the way that we have Christ live through us in this way, that we stop living for ourselves, but live for others and live for one another in this room and for the people outside of this room. The lessons I learned as a junior high leader have been with me ever since. And they have, it's been cool to see them grow and to change and like to teach me new things, even though it's an old lesson. So... I'm gonna fast forward uh, a little bit in my life because enough talking about high school, let's talk about college, um, parties, and uh, I'm just kidding, I didn't, <laughs> did not party. I mean, if you count Smash Bros until 2 a.m. a party, then I partied every night, <laughs> <laughs> and Mario Kart, that was also, uh, you would hear my roommates yelling from across campus, and you, just like when I would beat them in a game, they would be like, oh, no! <laughs> I had, one of my roommates was the loudest person on the planet. I can still hear him every once in a while when I'm quiet. Um, (laughs) But (laughs) when I was at Simpson, uh, my youth ministry professor was amazing. His name was Phil. Um, Some of you might know him because he was pretty connected to like Reading. Um, And he taught me a lot in my four years at Simpson University. And he also was the person who taught my youth pastor. So that was, like, really cool. I learned from the guy who taught the guy that taught me. And I remember, like, it was so cool because, like, I would see and hear the lessons that Phil did. And they would be ones I learned from my youth pastor. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is where he got it. Oh, I thought he was so smart. Never mind. It was Phil. (laughs) (laughs) But it was actually, like, really cool to kind of see, like, hear the like theor- the theory of things and also learn the practicality from my youth pastor. And that was cool to see both and like, get both as an experience. Um, but <laughs> the one thing about Phil classes I did not like, two things actually, I had to read probably like 15 books every semester. Like literally like so many books. And they were all good books. And they were the only books I read. I neglected every other class. Because um, who needs science when you have Jesus? I mean, sorry. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I take it back. I take it back. Uh, cut that out. <laughs> But anyways, the other part of what I hated about his classes was memorization of scripture because I am really bad at memorizing like things, like anything in general. If you try to tell me to remember a specific wording of something, I will flop so bad at it because I start thinking about it, right? And then I'm like, okay, was that word an and or a the? And I'm like, uh, what if it's for? and and I literally just get stuck and then when I get stuck on that I mess up everything after that and Phil's tests for scripture memorization were like literally a blank space for every single word in the verses and it was like you had to know every single word and you lost points for every word you missed and it wasn't like a get the general idea and you pass it was like no you need all the words or you fail (laughs) And I was like, oh my gosh, I was, I was so bad at it. Um, it was very rare that I ever got hundred percent on those tests, but when I did, I was really proud. Um, But it really taught me, he, like, in those moments, he was really showing us, like, how important it was to learn scripture. And, like, learn it not just, like, so we know the general thing, but, like, when we know the actual words, how powerful it can be. And, like, when it can apply to your life and it can, like, go with you wherever you go. So, um, turn to 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. So 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17 says, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So the words of God are meant to guide us and to teach us and it is living and knowing it well keeps us equipped for all that life brings at us. Knowing scripture in your heart and mind is one of the best things that we can do when we follow Jesus, and I want to talk to you guys about why that is. Um, so one of the verses, so Phil, um, he did this amazing thing, and I loved it. Um, when we were going through, I think it was my youth ministry one course, he had us memorize like a ton of scripture, like it was like 10 uh passages, and it wasn't just like five words. I mean, this one actually was the shortest one and I was very grateful for it, but um, the other ones were all like long passages of scripture. And they were all ones that really helped like the first Thessalonians verse two, 13 through three through 12. I had to memorize that one. Um, so I still remember it mostly, uh, but then I get tripped up on the words and then I mess it up. So that's why I read it. Um, but the other one that he had us do was Galatians six, nine. And he talked to us about this one because he said, that it was just one that will more than likely apply to you in ministry because ministry is hard. He's like, those of you who go into ministry, it's not just a walk in the park, especially youth ministry because everyone thinks it's pizza parties and like uh, games and Well, uh, evidently like evidence or uh, what is it? Um, Incident reports. There we go. (laughs) Uh, But there's so much more to it and it can be so hard at times. And he had us read this just to like be an encouragement. And I didn't realize how powerful this verse would be until much later on. So Galatians uh, 6, 9 says, let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time, We will reap a harvest if we do not give up. So I love that Paul writes this because um, Paul did a lot of preaching. He did a lot of teaching. He did a lot of different things. And he got thrown in jail and thrown out of places and threatened to be killed by everyone. (laughs) And it's encouraging because he didn't know what the results of his ministry always were. Like he didn't know, you know, whether or not it would be a good thing or like if it would lead to something incredible. He just knew he had to be faithful and he had to not give up. And he had to trust God with the results of all the work that he put in. And sometimes he got to see it and other times he didn't. And I... When I was in class memorizing this verse, I really didn't know how important it would be to me. Um, I just read it, and I was like, cool, like, that's awesome to know. Like, if things get hard, I won't give up, whatever. Like, I mean, I, I, I assume this will be helpful, but it's not helpful right now. I'm having fun. Like This is great. Um, <laughs> then years later... I started here and I'm not saying you guys are bad, (laughs) but my beginning here was very interesting because if you don't remember, I started here in COVID. So I had to learn how to do youth ministry in a pandemic, which is very fun. Um, it was like, do we wear masks at youth group? Do we not wear masks at youth group? Do we have to stay outside when it's like 110 and the smoke is covering the sky? Um, or do we go inside? And I just like, all of the, and like all the COVID stuff, it just felt like every week it changed into something new. And that was hard for me in ministry because like I had to just be like, what do we do? Like, and I'd have to go to Sean and be like, what do what do you think we do in this situation? <laughs> and he's like, well, I don't know. Just kind of do it. (laughs) I was like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) And it was just a very interesting time. And I was starting here, which um, I was trying to figure out how to take the theories and all the stuff I had learned at Simpson and put it into practice. And with the COVID stuff in the midst of that, that was hard because I knew what youth group looked like before COVID. I didn't know what it looked like during it. Um, That was difficult. Uh, I also, they talked about it a little bit when they were talking about the ministry highlight, but the transition of me and Becky, that was interesting because, uh, well, technically the summer I started, it was you, Becky and Luke that were in charge. And then I was also in charge too. So there were three of us that were leading things and then it just became like a weird time, um. And because Becky's so incredible, uh, the students really connected with her. So then when I came in, it was kind of odd and like hard to connect. Um, And that wasn't Becky's fault, she's amazing. So that's what like, you you know you did a great job when students are connected to you. (laughs) And I think that like, when i was at simpson right i learned all these things about like how to handle if there was like a good person at church who was before you and then they left or if there was a bad person at church and then they left i didn't know how to encounter a really great person who was still involved and i was like i don't know how to do this <laughs> so it was interesting there was also um 40 more students than I expected on my first night. Um, we were talking Sean and like everyone that was in the hiring committee was like, "Yeah, we have 10 to 15" and then there were 50. And I was like, "Okay, well, um, this changes the way I do things." And because of all of these things wrapped together, right? A lot of my own insecurities came out. And a lot of the things I didn't think I was worthy of being in this position, I didn't think I like could do it. I didn't know like I just I just felt like I was going to fail. And when I started, that was all I was facing all at once. And there was more things too, but I could talk about like a lot of my own insecurities and go on a lot about that. But to say all of these things, I, to say the least about it, I was overwhelmed. Um, I was, not having a great time starting. And again, that's not to say that there weren't amazing parts about being here. A lot of you were so kind and loving to me and like encouraged me and like got to know Sophie and I, and it was awesome. I had Scott shouting at me all the time because he knew me from before I started here. (laughs) And I loved it. Like, it was so fun to see Scott here. I was like, oh, I know Scott. (laughs) Um, And there was so much that I was excited for as well, right? Like the thing I had been working for for like six years at that point was finally happening. Like I was getting to be in ministry. I was getting to like know students. I was getting to like, just be what my youth pastor was for me. And I got to start that. And that was so exciting and it was amazing. And I was like, it was cool to like, think back of where God had brought me and what he was doing in my life and see it like, actually come into play at that point. Um, I just didn't realize it was going to be hard. <laughs> I thought it was going to be all pizza parties and fun times. Uh, but you guys have been an incredible community. But at the time, it felt like every step forward cost three steps backwards for me. And I felt like every time I did something, I got pushed back. And because of that, encountering all of those things, and on top of that getting pushed back, it felt like I I was growing tired. I was getting weary. I was like feeling burnt out. Um, I just started losing passion for things. And all of my doubts were like surrounding me. And it felt like I was suffocating. And I didn't think that I was supposed to be here. And I wanted to just give up and quit. I thought that maybe I should just be a Dutch bros broista forever. It's a broista. That's a technical term. You can look it up. Um, Better than baristas. Broista. But I thought that like, you know, that job was easy. Like, it didn't hurt me. It didn't like take things or like, didn't, it didn't feel like the same way. It just felt like a mindless job that I could just do. And I was like, you know what? Maybe like, I'll just do that. Like it feels easier. I'll come home covered in syrup and like coffee and everything. And I, it'll be fine. And that's what I thought. And I remember there was one particularly hard youth night I had, um, that Sophie and I came back from youth group and we were sitting there and we had a friend over and I told Sophie and our friend that I wanted to quit. And I was like, if things don't go well soon, then I'm I'm leaving. Like, I can't do it. Like, I'm just tired. I, I feel like I'm getting beaten down. I feel like I just, the weight of everything was crushing me. And I didn't want to do it anymore. And I cried that night. Like, <laughs> actual sob. And that was... I, I don't cry. I mean, I cry at movies, but like I don't cry often at like my situation. <laughs> it takes a lot for me to cry like at something going on in my life. And it was because I felt like I was failing at the thing God called me to be. And I felt like I wasn't meeting that standard. I wasn't doing what he was telling me to do. And I like was trying to be faithful in my situation, but everything hurt and it was hard and it felt tiring. And I just felt like there was no results of anything I was doing. And I was just like, I, yeah, it felt like I truly understood the verse we read, um, congregational reading, of Peter standing out on the water and losing track of Jesus and just seeing the waves and seeing everything crash around him and then like not knowing what to do and then starting to sink and starting to drown. That's, I, I understood what that meant and what that looked like. I felt like I was drowning and that the waves were crashing around me and that's all I could see. And I started to sink deeper and deeper and deeper. But just like Peter, I got to a point where I called out to Jesus and they said, help me, like save me, like show me what to do. And what was funny is that was met with the Galatians 6, 9 verse. And I, the one I memorized back in Phil's class, I did not feel like it was true at the time but the work that I was doing was good and for God. And I held on. So when we went to Life Conference, God showed me that the efforts, the efforts I put in were for something that I saw like our students grow in so many ways. Like you heard from two of them like talking about it. Like I saw that growth, I saw those things. Some of them I got to be very directly involved with, other ones I got to see my leaders do it and it was incredible. And I got to like be a part of that. I saw the harvest that was just the beginning and I've seen all of our youth grow in their faith. And it's been such a blessing to see. Your youth, your youth were leading your service today. And they're amazing. And they are ready for leadership. They're ready for these roles. They're not leaders of tomorrow. They're of today and every day in between. I know. They're, they're incredible. Like, talk to them. Like, you'll be blown away. You'll hear things. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, why don't you just teach lesson every week? <laughs> and I realized after coming home from life conference because Sophie and I got COVID after life conference. So I had to take a break for a little bit. Um, And it was wild to me to like, think of that verse again and think of like how, if I would have given up, if I would have stopped doing the work that God called me to do, if I would have stopped following him, if I would have stopped looking towards him, then I would have missed that. I wouldn't have been a part of that. I wouldn't have gotten to be his hands and feet in their lives and help them and go with them and do like life with them. I wouldn't have gotten to do that. So, now, as I prepare to leave this wonderful church family that I have grown to love so much, I have countless anxious thoughts, (laughs) countless. (laughs) Sophie's heard me or I've tried to not say them because it just seems better to not say them. Um, and I know what Sophie and I's next step is, but I don't know what it fully entails. Um, if you guys don't know, uh, I've been hired at a church to be their youth director. They are Morello Hills Christian church in Martinez. Um, so I'm excited about it and it's been awesome. Um, I've been getting to talk with their pastor and hang out with them. Sophie and I went and visited them uh, a couple, like a month or two ago, but that's been scary. (laughs) We're moving to an entirely different place. Like when I moved to Reading, I had friends when I moved here and then I had Simpson that was a community. And then I grew to know a lot more people. And then I came here where I already had part of a community and then my community grew. And I knew where all the best food places were. I knew where all the, like, where to get my car fixed. Um, I knew where to go to the dentist. I knew, even though I didn't go, um, (laughs) I knew where I needed to go. But where we go next, we will not have our friends or our church or family or that mechanic or our dentist that I will get angry notes from, um, or restaurants or anything familiar, things are more expensive there. And there are a lot of unknowns and that terrifies me. I have been, had a hard time. I've struggled to see the situation as anything but difficult. Um, and I have been focusing on the things surrounding me. What's that? It is. (laughs) I got distracted. <laughs> uh, I have struggled to see this thing as, or this as anything but difficult. And I have started focusing on the things surrounding me, but not the one who is calling me forward into something new. I've started to, I lost my sight of Jesus and started sinking again. If you have your Bibles, turn to Hebrews 12, two and three. We talked about this at youth group, so the youth have a head start on you guys. And let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. The only way we can make it through hard times and uncertain times is when we focus and fix our eyes on Jesus, forgetting all that we have, we face surrounding us and searching for him wholeheartedly. And I have seen what God has brought me through and what he has done in my life, but I still am afraid and it doesn't change my feelings towards leaving you all. And even with knowing all of this stuff that God has done and that he is faithful, I have anxiety over the change that's coming for us. And in the process of moving into the unknown, I've had to relearn what it means to fix my eyes on Jesus. Because it can be really easy to lose sight of him and the big picture when I'm focusing on my situation. I'm trying to follow the one who will perfect my faith understanding that I am not there yet, which leads me to fix my eyes on him even more. So you guys are probably thinking um, at this point, and this is the best point to think this because you know, we're, toward, we're at the end. Um, why did I share any of this with you guys? <laughs> um, well, I have a few reasons for you. Um, you might've figured them out. But for one, I wanted to share with you guys again, my heart for your youth. And what I've been basing my ministry around and trying my hardest to do. We all have the responsibility of sharing the gospel. And something that I want you all to take away from this message this morning is that we aren't supposed to share the gospel in a way that isn't genuine or that's overly flashy. We need to show up authentically with our whole selves and let God work through that. The other one is share, or the next point is the sharing the gospel is so much more than just saying the right words. You are called not only to share who Jesus is, but to share your life with those around you as well. So when you are at work or in the community, think about how you can authentically share your life with the people around you. Not just for the purpose of selling them Jesus like a really good vacuum cleaner salesman. but for caring about them so much that you share not only the gospel, but your life as well. I also want you to know that following Jesus can be difficult at times, but do not give up. Some of you may be in a situation right now that you feel like you've been authentically showing up, that you've been giving it your all, that you've been sharing your life, and that there is no results. And you haven't seen anything for months for years, for decades, and the people around you don't feel like any closer to Jesus. But keep doing what is good and be faithful in the places that God has placed you. Because if you do, at the right time, you will see the work that God can do through your faithfulness. And last. Fix your eyes on Jesus throughout your life. Do not let your worries or feelings of insecurities or your doubts take your sight off of Jesus. And when you lose sight of him, because you probably will in your struggle, call out for him like Peter did when he walked out on the water and started to drown. And Jesus will be there to reach out to you and pull you out. Worship team, you guys can come up. You are all a part of an amazing church. You guys have an amazing uh, community. You You guys are so loving. You do it well. You share life with one another. I mean, I've seen it. I've been a part of it. Like, keep doing that. Invite more people into that. Do, like whatever you think you're doing right now, like expand it, like figure out, like if you're comfortable, tell Jesus to make you uncomfortable until you did invite more. <laughs> That's what I've learned. It's like with Jesus, it's like when you're comfortable, you should probably be looking to be more uncomfortable. <laughs> it sounds kind of weird, but you know, um, you guys have been my family away from my family. You guys have been my support. You guys have been my encouragers. You've been the people who have said a nice thing to me just on the way when I was panicking about something. (laughs) And it's been amazing. And I've been so grateful to God for disrupting Sophie and I's life and plans to bring us to you. I didn't know how much I would love the fact that I turned around our car on the way from leaving here one Sunday. And talking to Sean, even though that was kind of (laughs) awkward. But I look forward to where God, to see where God leads you guys as a church. And where he takes you and what he does through you guys and in you. And I'm excited to see it. I'm excited and proud to have been part of your church. And to be here with you guys and to pour into your life and have you guys pour into mine. Thank you all.
1: forget things really easily okay as we um, end our time together I'm going to be reading from Hebrews 13 20 and 21 now may the God of peace who brought up from the dead our Lord Jesus the great Shepherd of the sheep and ratified an eternal covenant with his blood may he equip you with all you need for doing his will may he produce in you through the power of Christ Jesus every good thing that is pleasing to him all glory to him forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this um, wonderful day we had together. Um, to join in community and fellowship, Lord, what a blessing that is. Um, I just thank you for Pastor Xavier and Sophie, um, that we have had the blessing to have them minister into all of our, ne- our lives, not just the youth, but to minister into all of our lives. Um, I pray that you will be with them, um, as I continue serving you, Lord, um, I pray that we just have a wonderful rest of our day and that we can celebrate them today um, and just bless the rest of our day, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. I'm going to invite, oh, there you are, right there. Oh, I'm scared. <laughs> uh,
2: would you go ahead and have another quick seat? I just got a couple more minutes. Uh, I just wanted to share a couple things. Pastor, you just never know where I am lurking. Yeah. Everybody was looking for me here, and I'm not there. Where am I? Um, it's good to see you guys. Uh, thank you, Xavier. Thank you, youth. Oh my gosh. Woo! Man, so good. We've got some, especially this group back here that sat right there and were, you know, participating. So, you guys are amazing. Anyway, uh, no, we got some great youth. I tell you, we got some awesome folks, and it's really fun to get to hear them and share and have them minister to us today. Uh, Praise the Lord for that. We'll be doing this again for sure in the future. Um, But also, uh, this is uh, Xavier and Sophie's last week with us. Uh, Next Sunday is their official last day. Uh, Next Sunday, we will be inviting them to come up and. we want to lay hands on them and pray for them and send them off. And so we'll be doing that next week. Uh, but uh, today we've got uh, some uh, a bit of a reception out in the fo- Fellowship Hall after service here. We'd invite you to please come uh, participate in that and eat some whatever they have out there. I think cake and different things and whatnot. Uh, also, uh, we encouraged uh, some part of our community to bring cards and whatnot. I think we have a basket. If we don't have a basket in the Fellowship Hall, we need to get one. Do we have one out there? All right, perfect. Uh, so you can drop those in there. Uh, if you weren't aware that this was happening and you still want to put a note in there, please do. Uh, it would be great uh, for them to hear, you know, just words of affirmation of how how you, they've God has used them in your life and all those kind of things. Uh, it would just be great. To, we want to bless them as best we can as they go and affirm them. And so excited that the Lord has already gave them a new location to go, no matter how scary it is. It is, it's good to know that you're going to something. You're not just leaving something. Uh, I've been there a couple of times and it's, it's hard when you, uh, one of the times I, I, I didn't know where I was going. I was just leaving something. I didn't know what was next. That's that's really hard. They're both hard. Knowing you have something, but also it, it's difficult. So anyway, it's it's great that you guys have something already. The Lord's laid out for you. Also, I've got a couple of words just to encourage Xavier as well. I wrote out real quick, and so I read those, and then uh, let's uh, let's well, let's go party together, right? Uh, you know, not not Mario Brothers. No, until two in the morning. Sorry, not doing that. Uh, anyway. Uh, When I first met Xavier uh, and he boldly stated (laughs) that he felt God was calling, maybe calling him to be our youth pastor. To be honest, I was like, yeah, right, okay. (laughs) Now I'm, you know, a little bit more uh, political, you know, I don't know, just nicer than that. So I kind of was like, oh, that's great. Yeah, let's get together. Uh, but, but honestly, in my heart, I was like, yeah, I don't know about this. This is crazy. But God can do, you know, who knows? But over the next six months or so, uh, actually, the Lord began to reveal more and more of uh, who you were and that you indeed were the right person for the position. It was not just your boldness and your willingness to follow Jesus, but how you have handled the adversities in life and not grown bitter and how jesus was truly your savior not just in the past but each day Uh, i saw those things in you in the interviews and the conversations and the different things that we got to do i could see these pieces Uh, the main reason we hired you was because of your faith and your desire to help teens develop that faith it was obvious that your faith had been refined by fire and that as a result you knew the importance of trials and struggles in strengthening one's trust in jesus little did you know that your faith was about to get tested again Uh, those years were hard. Uh, They were hard for me. Uh, We had a lot of hard conversations, Uh, sometimes just trying to deal with what was going on, but also sometimes trying to pick up the pieces, sometimes, uh, you know, having to talk about things that weren't comfortable for us to have to, you know, interact about. And so there were a lot of hard conversations we had, and I felt the tension in your heart. And I know as a youth pastor, you know, a a youth pastor for many years, I was like, oh, man, this is so hard. Uh, And you started your ministry here, in unprecedented times as you talked about the pandemic was on for four months we were meeting outdoors for services and many of the typical activities you would do and the youth were not available and that uh, as a, as if your first ministry assignment isn't hard enough right you also had some other early blows to your confidence some based on your own mistakes some based on the typical pitfalls of ministry and some because your boss didn't support you as he should After you'd been here for a little over a year, I remember wondering what happened to Xavier, the Xavier that we hired. The test of that first year had really knocked you off your game, and you were struggling in a lot of ways. But as you preached, as you just preached, walking and serving Jesus is going to be filled with pain and trials. But Jesus is faithful. If we continue to put our trust in him, he will not disappoint. And today, I'm so proud of you. (laughs) Man. It really has been a blessing to journey alongside you in ministry and in life. And uh, certainly, there's regrets. I know that you have. There's regrets I have uh, in our relationship and, and in ministry. But uh, I am. It's been such a privilege to walk with you and to see your courage to not uh, cut, you know, cut out and just just leave. Because I knew. I knew you could have, and I was waiting for it. <laughs> Honestly, it was. But I, but to see you stick, to, to choose, right? No, I'm going to step into this. Uh, the courage it took to, to do that, awesome. Um, uh, and, and God has rewarded you as a result. And so I just want to encourage you, continue to seek him. Keep your eyes focused on him, understanding that he's the one that you have to uh, follow, right? It's not what other people want. It's not uh, what even you want. It's what he wants, right? And so to keep your eyes focused on I know you've been doing that in this last year. There's been times where you've fallen off that bus a little bit and got back on it. So keep doing that, but also understand that uh, Jesus um, has empowered you to do his ministry, and uh, he's called you. And the call to be a pastor is not an easy call but it is very rewarding not necessarily in the sense of the way the world sees rewards but in the sense of your heart he will continue to if you remain uh, 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 if your heart remains soft and open to him he will continue to develop your heart and passion for him and for his church and for the lost and as he does that you'll find rewards that this world has nothing to i mean nothing compares to it and uh, so i just want to encourage you you, god has god's blessed you god's gifted you he's called you keep going see what he has for you and sophie your years of being a pastor's wife are not easy either. Mm-hmm. And uh, and trust me, I see that. And, and I know we've talked a little bit about that, but I know that's very, very hard. And I just encourage you as well to continue. Your job is not to just support Xavier. Your job as well is to keep your eyes on Jesus. He will give you what you need in order to continue to be the pastor's wife that he wants you to be, and the support to your husband that he needs, right? Uh, So so keep your eyes on Jesus. I know you have, and I I know you continue to do that, but he has great things for you as well. You guys are a great team. I've seen you do ministry together, and when you do, it's really a beautiful thing. Like, you never forget to lock the youth room door. I mean, it's just, (laughs) Xavier, on the other hand, Anyway, no, really, you guys, you guys are a great couple. I appreciate our years. Thank you for being here. God bless you guys. Again, we'll pray for you next week, and we'll get some more time together and words or whatever. And, uh, but I'm so excited for what God's going to lead you into and, and how he's going to continue to use you. I hope we can continue to connect every once in a while and just share, swap stories about ministry and, and the fun and the hard and all of that. So, all right, that's it. Let me pray one more time. Lord, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for the, the joy of fellowship. And Lord, thank you for all that you uh, are doing and continue to do in this church, in this community, in the lives of all of our community, our kids, our teens, and the rest of us. Uh, Lord, thank you for Xavier and Sophie. Continue to be with them and bless them and lead them and guide them and strengthen them and empower them to follow you wherever you lead. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's celebrate. We got some, like, say, some cake out in there. Let's go and have a good time. What? What? Oh, look, there's a cake. There it is. Yeah, thank you, Xavier, Sophie. the The real thing is out there. All right, let's do it.